Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. God sent His Son. They called Him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there. April Fool's, April Fool's. Did you all seriously think I was going to sing a solo? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I am such a bad singer that our, our worship pastor, David Atcher, says, if people are clapping, look at me and only clap when I do because you throw your whole section off if you don't. So if you really thought I was going to sing a solo this morning, you're the kind of crazy person that would think a dead man could rise from the grave. Now, let me tell you something. When this happened 2,000 years ago, The people who didn't believe it were the disciples. Our scripture passage is over in John chapter 19. John chapter 19. Let's do 20. Who wants to do 20? 19 was for our first service. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. I knew there was a 19 in there somewhere. A lot has happened by the time we get to this. So let me tell you what's going on. There's a group of women that have gone to the tomb of Jesus basically to embalm a dead body. They're faithful. They believe in him, but there's no hope. They're just going to embalm a dead body. When they get there, the stone has been rolled away. And as they are leaving, Mary Magdalene encounters Jesus. And it's an unbelievable thing. She is overjoyed. Jesus has risen from the grave and he tells her, go tell my disciples what you've seen. And so she can't wait to get to the disciples to tell them what's going on. And that's where we're going to pick up in our scripture passage. And the first thing we see is this. Life breaks us down and can cause us to fear. Life breaks us down and can cause us to fear. So Mary Magdalene, she she gets to the disciples. She's all excited. She tells them that Jesus has risen from the grave. And I want you to see the reaction of the disciples. It's over in Luke chapter 24. Verse 11, I'm going to have it up here on the screen for you. It says, but they didn't believe the women. Their words seemed to them like nonsense. So these women show up. They tell the most faithful disciples that Jesus has risen from the grave, but the disciples don't believe the women. They saw Jesus die. They saw him being put in the tomb. Dead people don't come back to life again. And her words just seemed like nonsense to them. And that brings us over to John chapter 20, verse 19. It was evening on the very first day of the week, so Sunday evening, when the disciples were all together with the doors locked for fear of the religious leaders. So here are the disciples. There's only 11 of them left. Judas has committed suicide. The disciples, they they gather together in an upper room. They lock the doors and we're told they're scared to death. 
They're afraid that they might be arrested at any time and put to death just as Jesus had been. The religious leaders were looking for them as well. They feel guilt. They feel shame. They they don't understand what's going on. There's tremendous grief. They thought this Jesus was the Messiah and was going to, to change the entire world. And they saw him suffer and die. And they can't believe the nonsense of a group of women who came and said they'd seen him. And so they're hiding. They're afraid. They're confused. They're in a locked room. I wonder this morning what it is that's causing you to lock yourself away and what's causing your fears this morning. Maybe it's relationships that you may have. Relationships that are, are, are being tested. Uh, maybe it's with your, your spouse or a significant other. Relationships with your children that have been torn apart and you're trying to mend them once again. But it's causing fear. It's causing you to just want to Withdraw and lock yourself away. Maybe fear is coming from some health issues that you have. You, you just don't feel well. Your, your, your body seems to be betraying you. You know, you got to that certain point and you think your warranty's run out or something uh, like that, that that's happening uh, in your life. But there's health issues it's causing you to fear. Maybe it's financial. You wonder, I've got all these bills and just this little amount of money. How am I going to make this fit with that? And finances are causing you to fear. Maybe it's your job. Uh, what's going on with your job? Maybe you're afraid of being downsized or there's troubles and problems at your work. But you'll find after a while that if you live long enough, life's going to take you down. It's going to hit you with a gut punch and knock the wind right out of you. And you're going to be just like the disciples. You're going to lock yourself away and just be afraid. Do you know, sociologists tell us that one in five people will have a severe depressive anxiety depression issue in their life. Now, 87% of people will suffer off and on with anxiety and depression, but one in five will have a serious episode. And what a serious episode is, anxiety and depression that lasts for more than a month. So you look around the room today, we probably have 400 people in this service right now. And so that, that roughly means 75 to 100 people in this room will have a severe depressive episode in their lifetime. And so life hits us, it takes us down, and we wonder, where is the hope? Is there hope at all? And that brings us to the next thing that we see in our scripture passage. The resurrection brings to us a wholeness that we've lost. Brings to us a wholeness that we've lost. And here's the question I want to talk about for just a second, and that is, Why in the first place? What's this whole deal about the crucifixion and the resurrection? I mean, why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did he rise from the dead in the very first place? And to understand it, you got to go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, we're in the Garden of Eden. It's, It's a paradise. Everything seems to be going well until Adam and Eve sin. And when that sin comes into the world, it takes us on a tragic cycle that basically makes everything go into chaos. So you now have sin in the world that was once idyllic. From sin in the world, you now have a fallen planet. So this isn't the world that God intended for it to be, uh, but rather we have tornadoes and hurricanes and everything else because we live in a fallen planet. We now have problems and troubles. You're not in the idyllic world Uh, that was once there in the Garden of Eden, there's been a separation from God. God was literally walking with them in the garden. Now there's this separation from God. And these old bodies of ours get old, they decay, and we die. And that cycle of life continues on. 
And so what Jesus did in the resurrection is that he came to bring us wholeness. The purpose of the resurrection is to bring us back to that lost wholeness that we had with God. Now look back down to our scripture passage. It's interesting. In verses 19, 21, and 26, in just seven sentences, Jesus says the same thing three times. And it's interesting what he says. Look down to verse 19. It says, on the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together, the doors were locked for fear of the religious leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Verse 21. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And then verse 26. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them. The doors were locked and Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. So here are the disciples locked away, afraid, scared, grieving, uh, everything you can think of. And Jesus shows up and three times he says to them, peace be with you. Now the New Testament was written in Koine Greek. And, and, and the word here being used for peace is the Greek word erine. But the disciples would not have been speaking Koine Greek. They would have been speaking Aramaic, a, a form of, of Hebrew. And the word wouldn't have been Arane, it would have been Shalom. And there's a big difference because Arane just kind of means, uh, you know, an absence of conflict. But Shalom means something so much more. The Hebrew understanding of Shalom is not just peace, the absence of conflict. The Hebrew understanding of Shalom is wholeness. Total wholeness in mind, body, and spirit. So Jesus shows up to these disciples afraid and locked away in their room. And he comes and says, Shalom, total wholeness for you in all of your fears and all of your struggles and everything that you're going through. I've come to give you Shalom. I've come to give you peace. And so that's the real purpose of the resurrection. For all of the things that have separated us and held us down and kept us from God and caused us to live a life that is less than whole, Jesus has come to give us wholeness. If you like working puzzles and my family likes working puzzles, I don't like working puzzles personally because it takes time, energy, and thought. And so none of those things kind of work into my personality uh, that's there. I like looking at the puzzle when it's complete. You know, that's what I like. But have you ever seen somebody working a puzzle and at the end there's just a couple of pieces that somehow they don't seem to be in the box or something? And so you might have 99% of the puzzle finished, but there's a couple of open spots and people are freaking out. I can tell what it is. No, 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 there's that one piece missing. Man, they're on the floor, they're looking under the couch, they're doing everything they can because the picture isn't complete till you have all the pieces in place. Well, what has happened in our life is that all the pieces aren't in place, that our puzzle is not complete, and we will never be at wholeness until we have what the resurrection of Jesus brings us. And so then what does the resurrection of Jesus bring us that gives us wholeness? You go back to the garden and what was lost there and everything lost in the garden is now being brought back to wholeness through what Jesus did. So the first thing is forgiveness of sins. Uh, all of us mess up. All of us do things that are wrong. Uh, you know, our church has almost 2000 members. Uh, it's hard for me to go anywhere that, that, you know, around here that somebody might not know who I am. And so I've got to go to other cities to sin. You know, I, I got to like, I'm going to drive to Indianapolis or something, you know, just so I can do some good sinning up there or, or something like that. 
the, the other day, you know, a while back, I was driving down the road, coming to a meeting here at church, pulling out Murphy Lane, about to pull on Restport Road. The car in front of me uh, had started to go. I looked, nothing was coming. I took off. The car in front of me had stopped, so I hit the car in the back. Now, don't panic. It was just a little fender bender, uh, just a little scratch on their bumper. But I got out. I walked up to the door. They rolled down the window, and I said, I am so sorry. Totally my fault. I thought you'd gone on, and I wasn't looking. It's my fault. And the guy looks at me and says, aren't you that pastor of Westport Road Baptist Church? <laughs> and I said, well, it depends. You know, that, that's, that, that's kind of there. So, you know, all of us, though, struggle with things in our life. All of us deal with, with, with guilt and shame and sin. And yet that's not what God wants for you. Sometimes the view that the world has of Christians and the view that we have of ourselves is that everything about the Christian life is fighting our sins. And it's all about guilt and shame and getting right and trying to be a good person. Well, if that's what you believe about the Christian faith, you are going to be miserable your whole life. You're going to be miserable your whole life because your whole life is going to be trying to measure up to an ideal standard you will never get to and you will always fail and you will always feel guilty and shamed. The purpose of the resurrection that brings wholeness is that what Jesus is saying is it's not about you anymore. It's not about your perfection. It's about what I did on the cross, taking your sins upon me that you might be forgiven. And the fulfillment of that is coming through my resurrection and now you were forgiven of your sins. I don't care what you've done, how many times you've done it, or how many times you said you were going to stop it and didn't follow through. You are forgiven completely through Jesus Christ. We're told that your sins have been washed away. Though they be like crimson, they're washed white as snow. It is as far as the east is from the west. So the resurrection gives us a forgiveness of sin, a wholeness in that area that we had lost so many years ago. The second thing the resurrection gives us is it gives us God's help and strength in our troubles. Eden was an idyllic place. We've lost that idyllic place. And in this world, even the New Testament says you will have trouble. Now, again, the problem that we often have as Christians is that we think if I'm a Christian, I'm not going to have any problems and troubles. I don't know where that idea came from, but it didn't come from the Bible, okay? As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about we're going to have troubles in this world. There are going to be bad things that hit you, things that aren't fair, things that aren't right, things that are against the way God would want it to be. And those things will come upon you in life and they will knock you down. But in the resurrection, we have a hope, a strength, and a peace that comes from God. It doesn't mean your world is perfect. The Bible nowhere says that. It says when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he walks through it with you. It doesn't say there's no valley that feels like it's killing you. It says that when you walk through it, you're not walking through it alone anymore. So one of the great things we get from the resurrection is that you're no longer alone. Jesus is there to walk through that valley with you. A third thing that was lost when when the fall of mankind happened in the Garden of Eden is that we lost that connection with God. Uh, you know, they used to walk with God. You remember Adam was, was walking in the cool of the day. God was looking for him. There was that intimate fellowship. But when man was kicked out of the garden of Eden, that fellowship with God was lost. And Jesus in his resurrection provides an even greater fellowship than it ever been. Look down in our scripture passage to verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you as the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now that doesn't sound like maybe a big deal to you, but it's a very big deal. 
You see, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, where we started here, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, you'll see that when God created Adam, mankind, that when God created people, he basically formed them from the dust of the earth. We were this lifeless cadaver. And in Genesis 2, verse 7, we're told God leaned over this thing that he had made and he breathed life into it. Now, in Hebrew, the word that is used for, for spirit The Holy Spirit is the word Ruach. And Ruach means the breath of God. So people were made into living beings when God breathed his breath into them. But now here is Jesus talking to afraid, shamed, guilty people. He's saying, peace be with you. And then he breathes on them just as the breath of life had been given at the beginning in Genesis. He breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And it changes everything because it means no longer is God some separate person somewhere that we have to reach out to. The Holy Spirit now indwells us. The Holy Spirit is now a part of us. You will never be separated from God again because God lives inside of you. He has become a part of who we are and what we are doing. It is the breath of God that has given us a second birth and a new life. Another thing that was lost in the Garden of Eden, and the thing we think about the most on Easter, is that eternal life was lost and death came into the world. And it's something mankind has dealt with ever since then. Dying is one of the curses that hits us the hardest and the most. Every person in this room is going to die. Don't care who you are, don't care what you believe, you are going to die. The fatality rate in our world is 100%. And yet what we are told in the scripture is that just as Jesus rose from the grave, we too will rise from the grave. Now, the point of the resurrection isn't for you to have eternal life. The point of the resurrection is to bring wholeness to you. And wholeness to you is to never be separated from God. And because God never wants you to be separated from him again, even when you die, he will raise you from the dead to be with him. The, the, the good thing isn't raising from the dead. The good thing is that God is always going to be with you and will do anything to bring you to be with him, that we have this eternal life. You know, it was interesting. I think for a lot of people, the death of Billy Graham caused us to look at death and resurrection and heaven in a little bit different way. When we looked at Billy Graham and his faith and some of the things he said, and you probably uh, read one of the last statements of Billy Graham that said, hey, soon you're going to read in the newspaper that Billy Graham has died. When you read it, don't believe it. I'm going to be more alive than I've ever been. And it just gave us a different understanding of all of those things. And so all of these things that were lost, we, we have now sin and enter the world, problems and troubles, separation from God, death. Jesus, through the resurrection, comes to give us a wholeness in all of those things. But our scripture tells us that Jesus does one other thing for the disciples that we need to hear today. Look down in our scripture passage uh, now to verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. So Jesus said, okay. You've now seen me. Wholeness has come to you. Now, what you need to do is to go tell the good news to other people and let them know that they, too, can be made whole, that they, too, can find peace through what I've done. The disciples took this literally. Now, you've got to imagine this situation. They thought Jesus was dead. 
the, the, the words of the women were just nonsense. They're locked in a room afraid. Jesus appears and then he says, now I'm sending you just as God sent me. And they took it seriously because they'd seen the risen Lord. These were uneducated fishermen in a backwater country in the middle of nowhere. They were afraid and locked in a room. But what a difference one day makes. Because in 30 years, in 30 years, uneducated fishermen would take the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to the entire Roman world. And the entire Roman world was persecuting them and hating them. The religious leaders in their day did everything they could to stomp it out. The Romans literally took Christians and put them on light posts and burned them to death and threw them to lions. And in 30 years, 30 years, they conquered the world. And they did it for one reason. Paul writes in his letters, why do I do this? Why am I persecuted all day long? Why do I allow people to hate me and try to kill me? Because I've seen him. He's alive and I can't do anything else. It was utter insanity what these people did. Every one of them would lose their life and be killed. But they would take it to the world and the world would be changed forever. And you are sitting here because of it. And that brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture passage. It's time we started living a resurrection life. Look down to verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. These are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God. But this is the part I want you to hear. And in believing, you will have life in his name. Now, what's he mean by life in his name? By believing, you're going to find wholeness. I don't know today what is causing you to be afraid, what's causing you to lock yourself away. But it comes from the fact that your puzzle's not complete, that there are missing pieces that will only be filled in by the love of God in your life. And when you give yourself to that, it will give you a new life, the life that you've always wanted and been looking for. Jesus came to give us wholeness. Anybody here know who David Ring is? Okay, we've got three or four. And yeah, y'all were in the first service though, so that doesn't count. <laughs> They're cheating, cheating on the test, cheating on the test. David Ring's a Christian evangelist. Two people knew in the first service. Okay, so we had three this service. Uh, David Ring is a, a Christian evangelist. When he was born, he was born, the doctor said, dead. They, they tried to revive the, the, the baby. They couldn't. They just set the baby aside. The baby had died, and they began to work on his mom. After about 10 minutes, he just suddenly started breathing to everyone's uh, amazement. We had a lot of serious physical and, and other handicaps because of, of that time. Uh, the doctors told him, you're, you're never going to develop physically. You probably won't be able to get through school. Uh, he had severe cerebral palsy. Uh, he was told, you will never be able to have children, uh, things like that. David Ring, the one thing he said got him through life was his mom. His mom loved him, took care of him, um, you know, protected him from all of the bad things going on in the world. When he went into his freshman year of high school, David's mom unexpectedly died. He didn't believe anything about God, but if he did, he said he would have hated God. 
because of what happened to his mom. He went to school his freshman year. You know, he went from middle school to a new place in the high school and said he was mocked and made fun of mercilessly in high school. You know, there's, there's the, the boy that's different, and they would laugh at him and point at him and say things to him. And it got to the extent without his mom there to help and encourage him, he tried to commit suicide. They ended up putting him in, in, a, in a treatment program, trying to get him some help. And in the treatment program, he started going to chapel. And he heard a message that said this, God loves you just the way you are. And he began to think, could God love me the way I am in all of this? And it was in that David Ring gave his life to Christ. His senior year of high school, he went back to that school where he'd been mocked. But he was a different person. And when the year was over in the yearbook, David Ring was voted most popular kid in the school. And then he went on to college and graduated from college. And in college, he met a wonderful woman and they got married. And then they had not one kid, they had four children when he was told, you're never going to have kids, you're never going to go to school, you'll never do anything else. And he said, one day his pastor asked him, will you just tell your story in church? And so he got up and told his story about how God had made him whole. And people said, man, other people need to hear that story. And so other churches started inviting him. In no time at all, David Ring was going around the world telling people about what Jesus had done in his life. And literally today he has preached in dozens of countries to tens of thousands of people telling the story of wholeness that God has brought to him. All of us are like puzzles with missing pieces. The resurrection is about Jesus coming to put the pieces in place and to give you wholeness. Happy Easter, my friends. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you that you love us so much. Everybody here has struggles and problems in life. And to know that your resurrection gives us the wholeness that we need. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We come at this time to our invitation where you're being invited to whatever God's saying to you today. Uh, Some of you, maybe you just have some questions, some doubts, some things you want to talk about. Just grab me out in the rotunda when you leave. I'll be glad to sit down and talk to anybody about about anything as we do that. Some of you here are are facing some real problems and troubles in your life right now. We're going to have some, some ministers down front. You can come. They'll be glad to pray with you about what's going on in your life. You can come at this time and say, I want to join this church and be a part of what this church is doing to make a difference in this world. You know, you've been taken care of. Now Now the church's job is to go out and make a difference in the world, to help people and to, to feed the hungry, to care for those who are less fortunate, to make a difference. You come and say, I want to be a part of that. And the most important thing you could ever do is to say, I want Jesus Christ in my life because those missing pieces of your puzzle will never be put back together until you do. But this is your time and your opportunity as we stand together and we sing. The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now.
Happy Easter. Uh, as you go out, a, a couple of quick things. Don't forget, uh, we have the, uh, the, the photo uh, area over there. So go get a picture with your family and post that on uh, your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever else there may be in the world. What, yeah, whatever that is too. And uh, we'd love to, to see that on there. Then at, uh, immediately after our third service, uh, there's going to be an Easter egg hunt. And you just meet down in the gym. So uh, we know you're going to get your children down there in time. And if you're uh, uh, an adult uh, that likes eggs, we'll, we maybe will let you go too. So uh, get down there immediately after our third service. So Josh. Well, we're so glad you've chosen to join with us uh, on this great Easter Sunday. You know, one of the gifts of Christ's resurrection is the gift of the church, the gift to be a part of a community. And so whether you're new to this area, this is your first time with us, or you maybe have been attending for a little bit, sometimes it can be uh, uh, intimidating to know how it is to become a part of the community. 
Well, starting in two weeks, we're going to have a thing called WRBC Start Here. It meets at both 9.30 and 11, right in the conference room. And it's a chance really to get to know more how to become a part of this community. How do I connect with God? How do I connect with each other? I'd love to have you join uh, me during that time. It's all on our, our website and also social media. You can find out more information as you go. Friends, you go into a world that's full of fear. But through Christ's spirit and through the power of his resurrection, you don't have to go in fear. May you go in peace to love and serve our Lord. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.